Maddie. I'm Shane, and I don't even know what episode we're on anymore. I lost, I lost track, but we're on some new episode. <laughs> we got an awesome guest with us today, Matthew Hoffman, the narrator of Love Island. Matthew, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, that was actually a very kind introduction since we spent <laughs> a couple minutes off camera already. So the fact that that was like a pseudo, like nice thing, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, Matthew <laughs> Hoffman. <laughs> Matthew, where are you from? Like, uh, where are you at right now? I am from a foreign country off the coast of New York called Long Island. It's a very weird tribe. Uh, and I am currently uh, recording this with you guys in a padded windowless booth uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, literally just got off moments ago uh, recording um, uh, tonight's episode for Love Island USA on CBS. So I have not seen the sunlight in a very long time, uh, but it's, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so do you stay super cooped up in there until you're all done do you give yourself breaks to see the sunlight or how do you uh, do that no I get in at a very early uh hour in the morning I will not give you the number it will take away <laughs> the glamour uh but I, I get it really really early and then I leave and it's like daylight and you're like whoa what happened it's uh it's pretty crazy but um I I watch the show like the viewer does uh from my like office uh and then when I I write everything and then when I am done writing I come into this room and I record everything so I'm not like completely I'm not windowless like the whole day but uh okay it's uh I'm glad I'm glad half half the day is windowless (laughs) so uh talking about like editing and stuff do you have to narrate all the footage and then they edit and cut it down or do they edit and cut it down the film before you like narrate everything? Um, I would say I get about 90% of what the viewer is. And that's like a Matthew number. That is not an official number that they be like, eh, it looks like it's all done. And they're like, no, ma'am. It's like nowhere near done. Uh, so that in my head, it's like 90% because like visually a lot of the story and the, the visuals of everything are pretty locked. But like even mm-hmm. for today's episode, I went in and spoke to a editor and I said, I have a joke that's going to kill. I need five seconds. Give me five seconds of visual. I don't care what you do. Just give me some B-roll. And of course, they're amazing. So they nailed it. We got the joke in with bated breath. I was like, will the network approve this ridiculousness? They did. And um, it's going to air tonight. So that's like a perfect example of like, it's not done because you can still kind of mold everything. But um, as far as like the story arc of the show and the visuals, um, it's pretty much, um, it's it's moldable clay by the time I get it. And then they, of course, like everyone in my daily life are waiting for me uh, to <laughs> to finish everything. Um, so it's, it's a crazy, crazy process, yeah. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, so about the whole scripting process, like do you kind of watch it, you watch it one time and then script it or are you just like real time moments, like real time narrating? Um, It's all real time because it's based on, it's real time as in like my visceral reaction is real time, right? So like right. the viewer, I pause something and I'm like, why is there a shadow from the drone? Let's talk about it. Like, so it's like, it's stuff like that. And then everyone's pissed at me. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, we have to talk about it. I mean, we can't not talk about this. Um, so it's it's stuff like that. But then um, 
we say what we see, basically. We write it and then I come in and then I'll play with each line. Um, and you know, they don't call me like 90 take Hoffman for nothing. So like, as far as like one take, I don't think it's ever happened. Uh, but you know, that's just my personal process is like, you know, I play with about like three or four subtle voices on the show. So it's like, you know, you have that 1950s news reporter who talks like that. You have me who talks like how I talk for better or for worse. You know, I'm I'm very up and down in my normal life as I'm sure you've your ears have already been assaulted. Uh, <laughs> but you know, so I'm I'm very swoopy, uh, and then we we play with like just different voices. So like it's kind of crafting the words we wrote, and then finding the narrator's lens, which is like completely absurd, and uh, anything goes. So it's a it's a fun uh, sandbox to play in. <laughs> wow, you might not get a lot of sun, but it still seems like a, a lot of fun in there. Yeah, well, hey, I'm there 74 and I look amazing. So that's yeah. not, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's all good. Yeah, right. Uh, it's, it's a really crazy process and it's a rewarding process because it is so full on in the sense that the one of the best parts about Love Island is that it is in as real time as possible, you know, without being live. Like sometimes like the show will air within minutes of my last breath you know so it is as immediate as possible and with that like adrenaline of like producing the best show possible under a very strict um time regulation uh it is uh it's it's pretty crazy it's pretty crazy yeah it's gonna be a lot of pressure when it's coming down to like the last few minutes before the mm -hmm. show like airs yeah i think my entire summer is spent on the verge of shingles i think <laughs> It's so exciting. It's like, yeah, we'll get through this, right? Uh, but it, like I said, it is there is nothing cooler than like the show getting to air and just like, you know, I live tweet with the Love Island fans like every night and just to to have that immediate like litmus test of like that was funny that was not you know and then kind of like go off of their energy for following episodes it's like it's the best I mean I have friends who do shows and they they do a show and then it airs like six months later you know like tomorrow I will be doing tomorrow's show you know so it's it's this great opportunity to to keep to keep going so it's it's really cool that's awesome taking like a step back how did you like get into it like the casting like how how did you get to where you are it's it's an interesting story I guess like uh interesting to me looking back on it at least like it's kind of it's been Love Island for me has been the most insane ride from beginning to middle to end um and uh it's it's crazy I'm a television host so I'm in front of the camera uh, an executive had inv invited me to audition thought like wow your voice not my like actual voice but like the lens in which I see things uh would be perfect and I was like okay another audition <laughs> that like I am not at like literally and um I I was like okay cool and because um he was who he was I had the sides I think within you know a day um and I I looked at the sides and you know I like many people there's so many you get nine you do you know, a hundred auditions, you'll maybe get a callback on one, you know? So it was just another audition, um, except it wasn't uh, in the sense that I read the sides and I was like, this is the funniest thing I have ever read for. Um, and then I kind of, I had heard of Love Island, but I had not watched it. 
and I knew that it was like this vague kind of like phenomenon, you know, but I, I wasn't aware of it. And uh, then I, I did the Love Island deep dive. And I think I watched like three episodes before I completely forgot like what I was watching for. Like there was a reason to be watching. I'm like <laughs> so caught up already because if anybody watches the show, you know, like if you're thinking about watching it or you're watching it on purpose, it's the most addicting thing ever, you know? And I was like addicted after three episodes and I was like, wait, wait, I gotta like actually concentrate. And um, then I went down the Love Island rabbit hole like online and I was like, this is a phenomenon. Like it is a phenomenon and I will never ever get it. I'll never get it. It will go to every celebrity in town. There is no way that they're going to trust this massive franchise uh, with me for sure. And then I was like, okay, well, I will die on my own sword. And then I rewrote pretty much all of the copy in my voice, like how I would say stuff, what I thought was funny. Then I uh, basically called up a like commercial like uh, studio, I guess, uh, to um, record the lines because I'm not a, at the time I was not a voiceover artist. Uh, I think thousands of them later, I maybe, but um, uh, so I had no idea how that worked, and we had to time everything I had to I had written to the visuals that they had given me. Uh, so it had to fit. So it had to fit no matter how funny the joke was. If it didn't fit between 124 and 32, it didn't matter. Much like how the show is now. So I had a, a, a lovely gentleman who worked at the studio with a stopwatch and he timed every single line I did. Um, and I sent it in and it was just a one take thing. There was no callback. There was no meetings. There was nothing. And they blindly I believe, uh, listened to everybody and that was it. The rest is kind of history. And then um, months later, I was on the ground in Fiji uh, uh, recording the show with a stopwatch. <laughs> That's pretty much how it's been ever since. So it's, uh, it was, it's been a crazy, crazy ride for sure. So you've been with them since season one, like since yeah. the beginning of time. Day one, I we are, uh, I think we're coming up on like 75 episodes now, which is like wow. absolutely insane. Uh, and it's it's crazy. It's just been the most um, surreal ride. I'm sure. I mean, uh, one of my best friends since high school, she's absolutely obsessed with Love Island. And then when she saw that there was a USA version, she was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is like my life has been made. I uh, can finally die happy. <laughs> and she was saying, she's like, I just love the narrator of the USA Aww. show. Like, it's so, he's so funny, well, everything after, like that. After this, uh, you have to message me her or let me know her name and I will send a wildly unsolicited voice memo and you will be okay. for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> will do. I definitely will be doing that. Done. So, she, so I know though that season two was definitely different because wasn't that during COVID? Yeah, it was yeah. most different. I look back at it and it, it, to be honest, it's just like, like a miracle to me. Like, I mean, like Love Island in general in a non-global pandemic setting is a beast to work on. There's over 400 people on the ground. Think about that, over 400 people working on the show 24 hours a day um, and then throw in a global pandemic and you know, the fact that we even made air and we did it safely um, and we made a lot, a lot of people happy during a really, really tough time 
is truly just a testament to this production, the producers and the network who believed that we could do this in the safest way possible. And they did. And I am so grateful uh, for them uh, to do that then and even to do this now, you know, um, it's still a tough time. Uh, so it is um, it's crazy. I will I will never forget season two ever. And I was so surprised by how many messages I got like not just like lol or you're not funny shut up but like real <laughs> messages of like people like genuinely like thanking us for doing the show and how how it brought their families to like things you don't ever ever mm -hmm. think of when you're just trying to like you know make a show and um it was the sweetest and I, I wrote back to as many people as I could but just thanking them for reaching out but it was um it was crazy it was just absolutely crazy yeah, I mean, we're all together, like during the pandemic, like people want to see shows, but they know that obviously, like everything's been put to a halt. So the fact that you guys were able to successfully do that is incredible, like absolutely incredible. So did they have to like downsize everything and kind of do a lot of virtual things or... You know, I, I can't speak to like the numbers of it all because I'm not privy to that stuff because look at me, they don't trust me with anything. So it's <laughs> like, um, I, I'm not sure about that, but I know that we were mm -hmm. as isolated as we possibly could. I think I had dealt right. with in person, maybe three or four people within six feet, which is like wow. insane. Um, yeah. I, I had never, let's put it this way. I had never felt safer in my life. Um, wow. So um, it That's was, um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely, absolutely crazy. That's awesome. Do you get to like go to the villa a lot and interact with all the contestants or are you kind of like distant from them a little? Season one, I was on the ground in Fiji. So mm -hmm. I, uh, at the finale, I was like in the bushes, literally of the villa, <laughs> like watching a monitor, like, um, like, like who won and like all of that <laughs> stuff. So I was there on the ground. I did one walkthrough in Fiji of the villa just to like visually see like what I was talking about, you know, during just setting up everything. And then not, uh, not at all uh, during um, the run of it, I was in uh, like a trailer kind of um, in a field, probably like two miles down uh, or a mile down uh, on the ocean uh, and commenting from the neighboring house, which was basically, you know, right next door to the villa. Uh, and then I got to meet um, Islanders as they got voted off in the hotel while I was in Fiji, which was really, really, really cool. And then um, I got to meet like our final, I think four couples um, for season season one on the ground. And then season two, obviously because of the pandemic, um, uh, separated from, um, uh, like being on the ground. So I was not in Vegas, I was in Los Angeles. And, uh, but I did get to interview the, the finalists, you know, over Zoom. And that was like really, really cool to just connect and feel like a part of my new best friends who I was like commentating, you know, about for the, for the last like six weeks. So it was, I had a moment of closure, which was, which was really nice. Yeah. I feel like when you narrate for them, especially since like you don't do you, cause you don't meet all of them like in person, right. It's just kind of very few oh. that you meet or. Yeah. yeah. So like, I feel like yeah. narrating them, you kind of are like, we're, we're mates but like we're not mates because like I haven't really met you but it's a cool concept that like hi I'm narrating your life which I've seen a lot of people are like please narrate my life thank you yeah, but um the highest compliment <laughs> that anyone wants me anywhere near their life I'm like thank you let alone talking <laughs> about it okay cool uh but yeah it's it's pretty cool it is it's um but by the by the end of like the season you are so you feel like 
I don't know how to describe it, but I feel oddly attached to them, you know, like to watch the show in the way I watched the show and like, hang on every single word. (laughs) It's like, you know, you, you feel very close to these people um, and protective of them too. It's like, I, you know, everyone's like, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? And I always say, it's like, I don't, they're my children. I don't have favorites. They're just, (laughs) they just have different personality traits that I, you know, I appreciate from each of them. So it's, it's this weird kind of, um, it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's kind of like when, like when I sit with my dad and he watches sports, like he's constantly like, you know, this year, this year, I'm like, you should just like be a narrator for the Pittsburgh Steelers because yeah. <laughs> it's like, you get so attached to the players. It's kind of like the same thing, you know, but you're actually like, people are listening to you. I think that's yeah. the coolest thing. My uh, my girlfriend says the same about me. Like when I'm watching sports with her, she'll totally be like, babe, what are you doing? And I'm like, just talking about the game. Really so like, I totally get what your dad's doing. Like, it's crazy. Can you do like different celebrity impersonations? Because no, no, you can- that, no, no, no. That's my real voice. The deep one. Okay. The I just do this guy to get work. Uh, but no, that, that is the extent of, um, and even the deep voice I think is like an alto. I don't even think it's a baritone. I think it's just like, a, it's an alto. And now I'm like a mezzo. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it works. Both of them work. It works. <laughs> Uh, going through and like watching the show, you got to have like favorites, like favorite couples, favorite people, favorite seasons. Um, I, uh, I, ooh, I think they're all, I have special moments about mm-hmm. all of them for better, you know, Fiji season one was just like such a tornado of like absolute crazy. Like, just like, oh my God, wait, like, how is this all happening? And just getting the rhythm of the job and getting the rhythm of, you know, recording something at 1 a.m. in the morning, you know, like just like little things being like, wow, this is absolutely insane. Um, so that'll always hold like a, a special place in my heart. And then season two for reasons of which I, I already spoke about. And then season three, you know, to be back in Hawaii, you know, coming from Vegas to be on an actual island uh, is really, really cool. And um, yeah, they, they're just all different they all like kind of mark just different times in my life and and the show's you know kind of journey uh for lack of a better word (laughs) but yeah so they're they're all special in their in their own kind of ways you know and then you you know you look back at like I'll watch back seasons and I'll be like why would you say that like why why would you say a line like that you know so you like pick apart stuff and you can see like I can see my own growth kind of like through stuff so it's it's really cool yeah to to kind of just see it as a whole you know yeah Mm -hmm. how do you handle like listening to yourself because like I hate listening to myself talk like whenever podcasts (laughs) get released or anything like it kills me to listen to it because like I hate listening to myself talk but like you do it all the time. So what's it yeah, like? Yeah, uh, well, being a narcissist helped. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, it's tough. I'll tell you, it is It is very tough. Um, and um, especially like I am for uh, lack of a better word, I'm, I'm a perfectionist, which is not like the word I want to use, but I'm very, very, this is the word, I'm very, very critical of my own performance across the board. So um, I'll listen back to stuff, even when I watch the show back before it goes to satellite. And I'll say, I don't like the way I said that. And I'll run to the booth and I'll just like re-record it. Like, you know, just just stuff because each line has a melody to it. Each line has like technical stuff to it that the viewer will never ever in a million years realize, but like I realize. Um, so it's tough. And, and going into 
each season, I always watched the season back to kind of see like, oh, that worked, that didn't work. You're like, oh yeah, we should do that running gag again. You know, like, like just see format stuff. And I watch until about, I can't, can't stomach it anymore because it becomes very unhealthy for me. I'm like, I'm horrible. Like this is so bad. Like why, 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 why? And then I know it's like time to turn it off. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's interesting, but, um, as far as, you know, that goes, you just have to know you did your best and you're doing your best. And at the time it was your best. And then you, you throw it out into the world and you get to do it all over again, uh, tomorrow. So yeah, right. It's so tough. I always like listen. I'm like, wow, I sound like an idiot there. Or like you film it. And then like right after you're like, wow, I could have said something so funny and just like totally blanked. And yep. it's yeah, it's tough. Right? Uh, it is. It's tough. But we we do have the luxury of um, time in the sense where like, you know, I record six acts. So like if I listen back to like act two, I know that it's not the show's not going out until I'm done with act six. I'm like, I can go back and make it. I can suffer a bit more. Let me uh, let me tweak and, you know, kill myself over the word the for 20 minutes. But um, it's it's kind of what happens. Each line takes a, a, a lot of the time. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's funny. Like there was one time we had recorded something and I was listening to it because I was the one who edited and I'm a media major. So like I'm so used to like you, I go back and I just yeah. pick apart everything and put it together. I texted Shane being at like one in the morning. I'm like, this just, I just this made me sound weird. Can you just listen to like this part? Because I feel like it sounds weird. It's a lot of like critical, like you said, critical way of like thinking about yourself and about like what project you're producing and so it is a lot of critical thinking but also like it's good to listen to that because then like you said you see your growth and you kind of vibe yourself out and what works yeah. and what doesn't work and yeah so what would you say is the most challenging part of the whole process of being a narrator whoa good question I don't think I've ever gotten that question um I think that mo uh, the most challenging like for me personally would be denying the chocolate chip cookie at craft service every single day I am a curvy lady okay. and like, they bring out these snacks and I'm like let's go let's have it uh so on a Matthew level that would be it but like on a show level um I would say like the time of it all because you do we're doing stuff in one day that regular productions take a month to do, like mm -hmm. truly. So that goes from everything from color correcting to sound, to editing, to my stuff, to everything. So the fact that like <laughs> we even get it on the air, a miracle. Um, so I wish, you know, like, you know, I wish I had like an extra five hours or two days to do like one show, um, but I don't, but it's kind of a luxury in the sense that you have to be so sharp and you have to be on your game the entire day uh to to do that and be aware of like focus let's get it done uh it, that that's it so i would say the time of it all is is challenging uh because you want more time to play with stuff and you you sometimes sometimes you have it and then sometimes you're stealing from other things you know down the line you know if like so it's it's just the balance of time which i think is is pretty uh unforgiving in a lovely way <laughs> So you're obsessed with cookies, I gather, are you? Yeah, okay, me yeah. too. Oh, nice, 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 nice. <laughs> so there's this place in the city, if you ever go to New York City, it's called the Vein Cookies. They're phenomenal, L-E-V-A-I-N. Have you been there? Yes. Oh my God, how good are those cookies? They're amazing. They're in, they're in like the village, am I wrong on that? Yes, no, you're right, you're correct. Oh, okay. You have like, like a couple of locations. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, of course. They're amazing. 
It's Girl. so funny. I, I literally like, I'm a huge dessert fiend. Like I will have dessert probably after every meal 100%. and especially cookies are like my go-to. If you, so. if you both think that I did not scarf down an ice cream sandwich right before this <laughs> interview, you're crazy. <laughs> oh hey, I'm God. on camera. I can technically eat whatever I want. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. There's like a dessert place, like a cupcake shop, literally three minutes away from my house and I'm like okay dad I'm gonna go get us some cupcakes because my dad's yeah. also super obsessed with sweets too <laughs> I have so much in common with your dad this is crazy yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like we're related or something almost what's your go-to cookie oh I am a classic chocolate chip don't heat it up we're good to go yep mm. oh yeah yep. don't mess with it can't go wrong <laughs> can't <laughs> so I also I have another question so I've been watching, as well as Love Island, I've also been watching Too Hot to Handle. Uh Um, And I know that like the narrating, obviously they like pre-recorded, they have time. And I think that your narrating is vastly different than theirs, but what do you think kind of differentiates your narrating from other shows that I cannot speak to any of it, unfortunately, because I don't watch, I don't watch them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have no idea. Yeah, I'm sure they are amazing, um, obviously, to get, you know, to get the gig, like, you gotta be talented, and you have to be smart, and you have to be on your feet, so I'm sure they're absolutely incredible, but um, as far as, um, as far as that goes, I have not, I haven't seen any of them, so I can't, I can't comment, but. That's even better, because then it's like, that, that helps you, because it's also like, you know, I'm doing my own thing, I want to be original, and you know, I think when you hear other people say stuff, it's normal to catch on to that and be yeah. like, oh, that's fun to say. Like, I'd love to say that, but yeah. that's even better. It's funny you know, too, to- I, you know, they, there, there's always like one article like throughout the season, like, oh, he's trying to do da da da. And it's like, I've never listened to da da da. Like, I have, like, I mean, thank you. I think, I hope they're okay. But like, I, it's, it's the craziest thing of like, never saw it. Thank you. You know, it's, it's very funny. I think, I think for Americans, the, the idea of the narrator is so foreign. You know, I think in like other places, it's, it's a common, uh, kind of, um, style or format but I don't we haven't had them until very recently and then of course with the success of one show every show has you know picks up on it um I I think that they they love to compare format you know like oh he's doing the same thing that David Attenborough is doing you're like they could not be more different like what are you talking about um so as far as that goes I I have no idea I I'm sure they're great but I haven't seen them. <laughs> so new episode coming out today. You got any sneak peeks for us? Anything crazy Even happening? Tonight, you know, you guys have got me at a very cool time because this is the most uh, important episode, I think, of Ooh. our season. Uh, this is when Casa Amor uh, comes out. We have a brand new villa uh, filled with uh, brand new uh, ladies. And then, um, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, uh, so it is the ultimate uh, test of temptation uh, tonight uh, on CBS at nine o'clock. And it is the most, I think, anticipated episode of our season because it is this tool that is devised to test the couples in their current relationships to see if they can withstand uh, temptation. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool. We worked all really hard on this episode and it's I think it's probably one of our funniest. Uh, it's it's a really cool episode uh, with humor, but also insane, insane story. Uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of it, so. 
That's awesome. Are you allowed to talk about like, so there was someone that left, um, Slade Parker went home, right? Um, and it was almost like very abruptly. So, and I don't think that the viewers really got a reason as to why he left. Are you allowed to comment on that or not necessarily? Um, unfortunately, I don't know anything. I'm um, truly, and, oh. I, and I'm not, obviously I think you guys know me long enough to know that like Koi is not my specialty. So I'm not like, <laughs> I don't know, like, that's not my deal. Um, but I, I truly, um, and I, I say this, and this is actually the perfect example of it, but I, I'm sure I could know, and I'm sure what he said is completely true. So I'm sure that that is what it is, is what it is. But the point of what I'm saying is I don't know anything more or less than the viewer does. And I am adamant about that. And I've been adamant about that from season one. And this could be a perfect example because whatever the viewer knows is the only thing I wanna know because I am watching the same show that they are. And I am like, I don't wanna know like who goes home, you know, when Ariel's shooting, I'm sleeping. So like people could be going off, you know, um, and like all of this stuff. And like, I don't wanna know that when I come in, I wanna know that when I watch the show as the viewer does. So my reaction is, oh my God, like that just happened. Or when Slade left, I literally was like, oh my God. And then I found out the reason I was like, I hope everything's okay, you know? And that colors everything I do from then on talking about him because I don't know anything else. Um, so I am very, very adamant um, with stuff like that, that I just, I, I only wanna know what the viewer knows um, because I believe if you knew other stuff, it would color my performance. Like, you know, it would just color everything. So I, I am the worst. My friends are like, give me some gossip, give me some tea. I'm like, I am the last person. Like, I don't even have a tea cup. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have nothing. Um, I, it's really a boring, boring answer. And I don't think anyone believes me, but that is, that is the absolute truth, so. That makes me feel a little bit better though, because then I feel like we're watching, you know, it's like we're watching the show through you, which we are, but it's also like, that makes me feel more connected to you and the fact that you know as much as I know and yeah. as the other viewers know, like that makes me feel a lot better. And also, better. no one trusts me with anything. So like, I don't think that they're gonna be like, we got some goss, let's tell Hoffman. <laughs> like that's never going to happen. Um, so I think it's, it's, a, it's for me, that's how I want it. But for the network, they're like, don't you dare say worse <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So when you're not filming Love Island, what does Matthew Hoffman like to do? Oh God, uh, what do I like to do? I have a, a pretty crazy schedule post Love Island too. Um, so um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. Uh, but um, I I'm just like easygoing. I, I really like, I'm not like throw down crazy town. Like I'm just like, you know, like hang out with friends, uh, you know, all, all the like normal stuff that I will not bore you with, but uh, I'm not like, oh, I go rock climbing on the weekend, like no, um, but like just normal, normal things. <laughs> is that tough in a city like LA? I feel like LA is always like, got everything going on, like it's crazy, like it's oh, not well, like- because I said normal did not mean not exciting, <laughs> dare you. Um, <laughs> dare you shape uh no i mean i it's i'm always out and about like in town and i'm having a, a very good time but like nothing nothing crazy you know what i'm saying like uh, yeah. you know, on like saddle ranch on like a mechanical bull uh like it's not happening but um you know i'm, I'm living life <laughs> that's good that's good 
you working on any so, other uh, projects for like the winter or anything? Because I know Love Islands takes up your whole summer. So yeah, it's my it's my summer gig, which is amazing. <laughs> and then after this, I go right back into uh, doing celebrity interviews, um, which is really really cool. And then um, I do like like holiday stuff, like for ABC, kind of throughout the year, um, which is which is great. But it, I I am mostly doing like uh, celeb interviews, which uh, keeps me very very busy. And pre pandemic in different cities, different countries, you know, uh, throughout the week. So it's uh, it's cool. Keeps me keeps me busy. Yeah, I bet. What's the uh, cool who or who's the coolest celebrity that you ever interviewed? Oh God. Um, uh, for various reasons, I would have to say Oprah because I mean, are yeah. you kidding me? Um, yeah. So yeah, that that is that will probably be uh, uh, the top for me. But I've had really cool moments with like. Jeff Goldblum and Denzel Washington and uh, yeah, cast of Star Wars. Just I've I've been very very lucky, uh, uh, and um, yeah, they're all they're all great for different different reasons. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about Tuesdays with Matthew. Aww. I think that is the cutest thing I have ever seen in my life. Can you just talk talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I've been volunteering um, every single week uh, since 2012. I, I teach a class, class, I, I teach a, a I don't even teach. I well, I guess I do teach, but I I run a program for senior citizens at my local my local senior center, and I volunteer, and we put on famous scenes from famous movies with the seniors starring as the leads. So my whole goal is to make the seniors feel like movie stars one hour of the day uh, during their day in their center, and um, it's the most fun. It has transformed my life on every single level, um, and when I realize like the path that I was on and what the work does for people. Um, it literally transformed me uh, from self to service like that. And uh, I go on the road um, or have obviously pre-pandemic um, raising money for uh, Meals on Wheels America by doing my class in other facilities. So other facilities will ask me to come there and I say, absolutely. And I won't come uh, for less than a $10,000 uh, donation to Meals on Wheels minus the cost of what, what it takes to actually get there. Like U-Haul, costumes, editor, like all of that stuff. Um, and then I donate that money uh, to um, to Meals on Wheels and the program, um, it's joy in the classroom on a, on a level I cannot even describe to you without me sounding like I'm some hippie who lives in the woods, but it is like, uh, which actually not a bad, uh, okay, anyway, uh, but it's, um, uh, yeah, it's just joy on another level. And then the fact that we've raised so much money, like over COVID, um, you know, obviously it's not safe to be in centers. Uh, it's not safe to, uh, at the height of it, to be around that, that population. But, uh, through socials I raised, I think we raised about $15,000 uh, for Meals on Wheels just through reach out uh, for socials, which I'm really proud about. Um, and um, yeah, it's just been this incredible um, experience that has brought a lot, a lot of joy to a lot of people and um, has changed my life. So yeah. I'm sure. I, it's like, that's so precious. I, I do a lot of cool stuff, but that is, it's, it's, it's up there. It's untouchable actually. Yeah. That's so awesome. what are some of the scenes that you create from movies? Oh, is it like kind of your favorite ones? And then well, you want to put it So in the beginning, I got like so caught up in like how funny they were, how funny I could be doing them, like all of this stuff. And I was like, let's do Terminator, let's do this. 
And then I realized very quickly on this was not about me. You know, this is not about me. And um, now we do classics uh, and, you know, movies that they know and they love. Um, and it has just been, um, it's been amazing. We've done everything from probably Brokeback Mountain to uh, Casablanca with Titanic in between. And like, it's just been, it's been the coolest. And I, I mean, I've, they're lifelong friends and um, you know, it, they're just, it, they're amazing. I've known this troupe, you know, that I, I work with, I call them Matthew Seniors, S-C-E-N, like movie scene, all right. Uh, but I've known them forever, like, you know, since 2012 um, and they're just family and it's, it's just the best. Wow, that's like, I want to be a part of that. If I ever come to LA, I'll hit you up. I would love to be a part of something like that. Happening, done and done. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was such a pleasure to have you. Aw, thank you guys. You're the best.